decided to support missions, uh, that, that's a good time to do it because he says right here at the bottom, if, you desire, if your desire is to monetarily support us, please make all checks payable to Bible Believers Baptist Church in Canton. And uh, we're going to continue to support the missionaries. You won't have to worry about that one bit. Uh, we will definitely make sure they get their money. Uh, but, brethren, if you uh, said that you were going to support missions, uh, you ought to try everything you can. I understand if you can't. I got that. Uh, but it's, it's uh, something the Lord sometimes, like he just said in this letter. I like the way he said that. You walk into a building, and you see all this stuff right here. And he said that, he says, the current building, we, we are Yeah, it goes right here. That might not seem like a, in the third paragraph. He says, the current building we are meeting in has allowed us to leave our portable tabernacle. So we don't have to tear it down and set it up each time we meet. You don't have to do that here. Uh, that might not seem like much to you, but see, sometimes we get real comfortable in what we have. Uh, we forget that it, it does take uh, stuff to do that. Uh, but to use, uh, to tear down, that, that might not seem like much to you. Uh, but to us, it's a huge blessing coming into a church, sitting down in comfortable pews. I hope the pews that you're sitting in are comfortable. Uh, I've had complaints because there was no padding in the back. Can you believe that? We could have took the padding off the bottom, but we didn't. <laughs> we did that because we planned to keep you here for a while. He says comfortable pews, song books, and tithing envelopes in the pews. Uh, having the perfect temperature, which we don't necessarily do all the time, but assuming the building and the people will always be there and the bills will always be paid uh, are things we all take for granted. And it is. Uh, you know, I know the, heart, the Bible says free will offering. Give, give of a free will in your heart. But it, it is still uh, it's an offering, and it's an offering you made a, a statement to God about. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Thessalonians 15. I've got just a couple minutes here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> I won't be long. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. I spent all day yesterday in a, oh, well, not all day, but uh, a quite, well, all day, 12 hours, 13, 14 hours driving around, just getting things taken care of that needed to be taken care of that I put off for a while. And, uh, all of it was here for the church. And, uh, you, and I, the last couple hours of the day I spent in a BMV getting tags for uh, five of our vehicles because they're going to be taking them up there this week. Uh, they're going to be gone uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, it, it just it's sitting inside of that, that BMV, uh, it was just an amazing thing. Go down to verse uh, 16. We'll start 16. 516 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Father, again, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for letting us come to church on a, on, and having a church, Lord, like Brother Wheeler was talking. I remember the day when we were in the garage, Lord, and we didn't have a building, and now we have a building. And, uh, Lord, it's a, it's a nice building, and I just want to thank you for it. Uh, we got parking lots. we got places to park, lights out there. Maybe not enough, but we do have lights. Uh, Lord, we have everything here, buses, vans, uh, cars. We have the things we need to to do what we need to do, and, and Lord, you have provided uh, so well to do all that stuff for us. Lord, help us to never be unthankful for what you've given us uh, in our lives. Uh, Lord, you've given us everything, and what a blessing it is just to be able to uh, name the name of Christ. Uh, Father, again, bless now, uh, be with us this evening, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So many people, we forget a lot of times what, what uh, the Lord has given us. We always look at what we don't have, and uh, we forget what we do have. We have tons of stuff. Uh, to be thankful for. I'm going to heaven. I don't know about you. This chapter 15 is written, or chapter 5, Thessalonians is written to the church, the last church. It says, but uh, verse 1 says, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief of the night. So he's, he's talking to the last church. He's talking to the, the church that's going to be there when the Lord comes back to get them out. Uh, he's mentioning that. He says, hey, this is it. You're in, it is written to you guys, and this is the condition of the last church. Uh, he goes down here, he says, uh, pray without ceasing. One of the things that's going to go away, and I mentioned this last time, I'm going to continue to mention it, is prayer will start going away. Things will start disappearing out of the last church because you're no longer needing. You know what's wrong with us today? we got too much stinking filthy money. That's what our problem is. Our problem is the money we get because now we can get anything we want. We don't need God. Jesus Christ walked around the planet. You ever read your Bible much? It's an interesting book, interesting book. I, I, on that 12 hours I was driving, I've li I listened to probably uh, 30 chapters of Genesis and about 20 chapters of Exodus. 
uh, about 10 or 15 chapters of 2 Kings and about another 20 chapters of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles. And uh, you know, as I was sitting there reading that whole thing or listening to that whole thing as I'm going through the thing, I'm just sitting there and you hear every single thing goes on and every single time it's the same thing. And it's a, it's a pattern that goes through that whole book. Uh, when you don't have nothing, you know you're better off than when you have something. If you could figure out how to live with nothing or very little of anything, your life would be a whole lot easier because now you got all this stuff. Uh, you know what I noticed? I had to go to pick up a freezer. We're trying to get some stuff and help another church out. And uh, it's always nice to have a car where you can pull into a parking lot and get the gas station to slide it in and get some gas. You don't think nothing about that, but there it is. You know, I tell Beth all the time, she goes, well, you don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have this. She goes, you'll just jump on a plane and fly. To, don't care. Got this. Why would I care? When I get to the other end, if I need something, there's a Walmart usually. You know what I found out here recently? That Walmart and Kroger's doesn't, is not necessarily going to be able to always supply your needs anymore. You go into Walmart and Kroger's, I, I, I'm, I like Pepsi Zero. I don't care if you do or you don't. That doesn't really matter. I hear people say, well, you know, you know people that drink them diet sodas, <laughs> they're worse for you than sugar sodas. No, sugar sodas do this. At least the diet sodas, I can maintain this maybe. Uh, and maybe I shouldn't even do the diet sodas. But you know, I went into probably 30 Walmarts and Kroger's, and none of them had Pepsi Zero anymore. They can't get it. I think it's a conspiracy. They got Coke Zero. I do think it's a conspiracy there somewhere. They're trying to make you drink something you shouldn't drink. I'm already drinking something I shouldn't drink. But you know, you ought to be, I was thankful. I was still glad I could drive around. I was still glad I could still do stuff and, and, and actually get something done for the Lord that I get to do. I get to do. I don't have to worry about it. The, uh, 2 Timothy, go to 2 Timothy. He's trying to show you what the second... The, the church, I already mentioned this stuff, but it's, it's, it, needs to be, it needs to be burned in your mind. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The last church, not the tribulation, the last church. This is the, we don't have to be like this. We never do. This, all, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lover of their own selves. That's why we got mirrors everywhere. Uh, covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, un unholy. That's... The last church is going to be, we're not talking about the lost people, we're talking about churches. Uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-minded, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than, than of God. I've been in churches where they brought stinking horses in churches. And they're, they're having roundup days, you know, I mean, just let's get everybody to church, round them up. Uh, what, what in the world is that? The, the last church is going to be doing everything it can to, to get people in, and, but it's not teaching them anything they need to know. You know, he's sitting here back to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. He's sitting here and says, uh, rejoice evermore. You, you should always rejoice. You should never get rejoicing out of you. Then he goes in down and he says, uh, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. You need to, I mean, I've, I've went over this, I went over this, I went over this. You need to find a way to give thanks. That's, on the way up to, I was helping Brother Mike this morning. He asked me if I'd come up and take a look at something. I went up there with him. And, and on the way up there, I, I turned on the radio, which I probably shouldn't have. I, I, it's, everything's the same. But uh, Howard Stern, I don't even know who I know the name. Uh, and they were sitting there talking about him. And right now, Howard Stern is saying, this is a, a, a well-known talk radio host. Probably, they said, it was right up there with Rush Limbaugh. But I, I don't know if I've ever listened to him. If I did, it was only once or twice and just in fleeting. But he says, if you're on Vax, they ought to lock you up. They ought to put you in jail. They ought to do all this stuff. The, the world, this is the one of the most famous talk show hosts in America. And right now, I don't care if somebody gets vaccinated, if they don't get vaccinated. That's their choice. If they have a reason why they want to get vaccinated or they have a reason why they don't want to get vaccinated, that's their choice. To tell somebody they got to stick something in their body. Now, this isn't political. I'm just saying... The way we are right now, you're going to get scared to death. If you listen to all that trash out there in the world, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get scared. And pretty soon you're going to start making decisions based on your fear. Don't you know God's still in charge of this whole thing? You know what prayer does for you? It makes a good con uh, contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but I like saying, oh, God, I'm all, you know, I heard an old preacher say one time, if, when you get down and you pray, if the first thing you pray for is somebody else, you got a problem. 
Your first, I mean, every prayer that I look at, Daniel, you go back, go to back, go back to Daniel chapter. I actually go to, yeah, 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 Daniel, Daniel. Is that Daniel with the one? Hmm. Yeah, go to Daniel. No, Nehemiah. Nehemiah's better. Nehemiah's better. I don't want to hit too many tonight. They're all the same. <laughs> oh, man, this is a great book. I don't have to care about one thing on this planet. I mean, really not a thing. Not a thing. I like it. I just like it. The Lord says, trust me. I was reading, go through your Bible, and King comes up, and he's got some illness. And he didn't. He goes send some doctor, and the Lord sends a, a, a prophet right his way and asks him, says, is there not, is there not a prophet in Israel? that you go to some physician out there and ask the physician for something. Hey, I, th I thank God for doctors. Doctors are great. But if you go to a doctor before you go to the Lord, you got a problem. Maybe the Lord don't want you. Maybe he just wants you to die. You ever thought about that? You might, you're, it's your time's up. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. You guys don't think, you, where's your humor at tonight? The snow's gone. You, don't, you didn't have to drive in a parking lot where there was some snow. There's no snow out there. You, you should be happy. Nehemiah, uh, chapter 1. It says, and it came to pass when I heard these words. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Man, oh, man. Go back to verse 1. The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, I was, as I was in Shushan the palace, that uh, Hananiah, Han, one of my brethren, came and certain men uh, of Judea, and I asked him concerning the Jews that escaped. You, you're looking for a positive report, man. I'm just looking for something. Yeah, man, give me something to lift me up. Uh, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Why would he do that? Well, because he's facing Israel. He's facing Jerusalem three times a day on his knees, out his window praying. That's the first thing on his mind is God's people, God's land. That's what I care about. So the guy comes in and says, hey, could you tell me what's going on there? And they said unto me, the remnant uh, that are left in the captivity uh, there in the provinces are great in, are in great affliction and reproach. Uh, the wall of Jerusalem are broken down. The wall is broken down. I mean, gone. The whole wall is all tore apart. And the gates are, are there of a burma fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O God of heaven, uh, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant. I mean, he is, you talk about lifting somebody up right now. Uh, Daniel's doing that covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandment. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes uh, open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray uh, before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servant and confess the sins of of the children of Israel, for we, for which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee. This is Daniel. This is Daniel, greatly beloved of God, greatly beloved. Uh, we have dealt very corruptly against thee, and and have dealt uh, and have uh, kept and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou uh, commandest thy servant Moses. Now, he goes on and on and on in this prayer. And he gets, you know what he does? He gets a hold of God. Uh, why does he do that? Well, because he's praying. He's communicating with somebody that he knows personally. Uh, what's wrong with most of us? Go to Exodus. Oh, oh Exodus, 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 Exodus 20. Here's, here's the rest of us. No, this isn't me. I don't want to be this. I don't ever want this. Exodus 20. Brother, you got a Bible. If you read this thing, you know what to it do. It'll change your mind. It'll change your heart. Uh, it'll change your outlook on life. Uh, the Lord told me to read it twice a year. I, actually, I, I was arguing with him about once a year, and he said, no, do it twice. I said, how about three times? He said, I didn't say three. I said twice. I said, okay. What I've realized over the last six, seven years is that this thing is going in. And the more it goes in and the more I look at him, the more I, I'm starting to try to find the separation from me and the world. And I'm going to get back from that thing. I don't want no part of it. Uh, one of these days, he's going to do something. I'm going to say something here in just a few minutes. I don't want to go too far. Exodus 20. Exodus 20, 18. Moses is sitting there talking. He says, and all the people, he went up, Moses went up and talked to the Lord. Got the Ten Commandments. He says, and all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpets and the uh, mountain smoking. I'd get scared too. And uh, I don't know if I'd get scared or not. Really, I don't know. I, I, let me finish this up. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear, 
But let not God speak with us lest we die. They're afraid to talk to God. My mom, I sat there talking to her today, and she said, well, Uncle James. My Uncle James was a staunch Roman Catholic, lived right next to the Catholic Church. He got up every morning, went over to the Catholic Church, prayed. I went over every afternoon, prayed. She said he would stop about every five or six miles when he was driving down the road and do his rosaries. We don't even do that. Now, I'm not telling you to use the rosary. I'm not saying use the rosary. If you do, I can train you how to. It's easy. Uh, you pick up the cross, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come. You'll get that prayer down real quick. Then you got all the little beads. Those are Hail Marys. And then the center one is our Father who art. And then you got all the little beads you go around. So when you pray the rosary, you start here, go blah, 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 blah. Our Father, blah, 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 Our Father, blah, 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 blah. And, and if, the, if the priest gets really mad at you and he tells you to say like 47 Our Fathers, you, they say you can keep count on that thing. So he does, he'll tell you, say, uh, you know, five Our Fathers and 14 Hail Marys. That gives you the amount of Hail Marys between them. You say, why would you tell me that? I don't know. And some of you, might, that might get you praying. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. But here's a, she sits there and tells me, talking about me. I said, Mom, why do you call me? Why are you calling me, telling me this trash? You say, would you talk to your mom? I'm like, oh, yeah, I would. She's, in that case, she's a Catholic, and I'm a Baptist. And I'm not her son. I'm a preacher. And I'm going to tell her the truth. I said, praying to Mary. Why, why would you pray to Mary when you can pray to Jesus? Why would you pray to James when you can pray to Jesus? Well, she's his mother. And, you know, I said, why would I pray to you when I can pray to Jesus? You know what our problem is, is today is we've got this thing where we see God and there's a fear there. And instead of getting the things out of our lives that are hindrances, we get him out of our lives and place somebody between us and him. I'm sorry, man. I ain't going to put nobody between me and him. I like him right where he's at in my life. I just enjoy that. Back to 1 Thessalonians 15. And I'll try to hurry. That means I'm, I won't be here. I'll be here for days. 1 Thessalonians. The last church. We're, here we are. The last church. I don't want to be considered part of the last church. Although I am in the last church age, I don't want to be part of the, I don't want to be a Laodicean church. I don't want to be a Laodicean church goer. I, I want to be what the Lord wants me to be, and I want to try to, I just want to go out of this thing, uh, getting, getting wore out is what I want. Pray without ceasing, verse 17, and everything, give thanks. Find a way to give thanks always. My sister-in-law, uh, y'all pray for Angie Miller. She is, I mean, her eyes, her, her hands, her feet, everything about this lady she used to play piano uh, very actively in the church. And then she lost her hands and her feet, and, and she has to crawl up, up the steps. In her house, she's got a tri-level. And to get upstairs, she can't walk up the steps on her feet. She has to crawl up those steps. To go downstairs, she pretty much has to crawl downstairs because the steps are going downstairs. Uh, right now, her eyes, she has, I'm telling you what, we, we forget some of the greatest hymns we have. Fanny Crosby, I talk about Fanny Crosby all the time. Uh, that lady was sitting there blinded for her whole life. And you have over eight or 9,000 hymns in the songbook today because of that woman. Now, let me ask you a question. What, what, is, what is the gospel, what does the ministry have because of you or me? What did we? What are we leaving behind? You know what? We're a bunch of belly acres, man. We whine and complain about everything. If it's not our way, we don't like it. Have you ever thought that it's not supposed to be your way? That it could be the Lord's way? That maybe the Lord? You think? You think that Joseph liked being thrown in a pit? You think he liked being sold to Potiphar, being treated? Now I don't know about you, but from the time he was sold to the the uh, the men that took him down to selling to Potiphar, I doubt if he is treated like a king. And in Potiphar's house, for the first little while, I doubt if he's treated like a king. And in the prison cell down in the, in the, in the pits of Egypt, I seriously doubt he was treated like a king. Uh, yet we sit there and, and we think that everything should go our way. The church, we missed it, man. We missed it. We missed everything. We've lost, lost it all. So he says, uh, <laughs> prophesy, despise not, or hey, wait a minute, in everything, give thanks. Learn how to give thanks. Just be thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I, I, I'm part of a little Baptist church. I'm thankful that I'm saved. Boy, I tell you what, I'm more thankful of being saved than just about anything. Uh, I know one of these days I'm going to drop dead. I tell my kids that all the time, and they say, that's morbid. I don't care. I don't care. I, it, it is true. I hope sooner than later. I actually hope for the rapture. Uh, I am serious when I say it. It's just not words out of a preacher that's a Baptist. No, I'm serious. If the rapture would occur tonight, this kid would be the happiest kid on the face of this planet. But you know what I know? that there'll be a lot of people go to hell because of that. If he gave me my wish and let me get out of here and cause the rapture right now, he said, Mike, if the rapture is based on what you thought, I'm going to let you make, 
I'd say, no, Lord, you do what you want to do. You do what you want to do. No matter what you this is the this is the worst it ever gets for me. It's gonna get a lot better after this. <laughs> I don't know about you, but boy, I'm still I'm excited about that. You know why people don't get excited? Well, aren't y'all excited, man? Y'all look like you're you should be shouting and screaming. You should because this is a, oh here, here you go. I'm gonna get into it right now. Pray without ceasing and everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's the will of God you give thanks. If you can't give thanks, you're so far out of God's will, it's pathetic. I don't want to be out of God's will. I'm just thankful for all I got. I actually got way too much. He's gave me way, way too much. He's given me things to let, just let me see I don't need them. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes he gives you stuff so you'll realize you don't need it. But if you don't have it, guess what? You always think you got to have it. And then when you get it, man, I like, I like Moses. He said, throw down the rod, and he threw down the rod. I heard Dr. Roman say this one time. It just blew me out. He said, Dr. Roman's going through some bad times in his life. And uh, he said, he, and he come up to this old guy who doesn't know anything. And the old guy sits there and says, he said, oh, bro, bro, Dr. Roman, have you ever thought about Moses and that rod? And he said, what? He goes, he threw that rod down. He goes, yeah, Moses took off running. He said, yeah, but the Lord told him to take it up by the tail. He said, how, did, how, did, how can he take it up by the tail if he's running and the mouth is chasing him? He said he had to turn. He goes, you know what happened when he turned? The snake turned. He said, when you face it, it went the other way. Then you grab it by the tail and it turned back to a stick. You know what the Lord is telling you? Face it. Sometimes you got to face reality. You know what reality is? Look, I've done run somebody off. Out the door she goes. No, I'm just joking. If you leave the church, I'm going to have to say something about you. <laughs> but decides the the uh, quench on spirit, prove or in everything give thanks. You know what happens when we forget to give thanks? Sometimes we think it's too big for us to do. You know, God's bigger than all of us. Amen. Brethren, you don't have to worry about God. You don't have to ever worry about you accomplishing something the Lord wants accomplished. If He told you what to do, He it's His responsibility to take care of that thing. I don't have to worry about it. you don't have to worry about what somebody else is doing. You know what's wrong with 90% of us? We're always looking at somebody else. And trying to get what they have. Man, I tell you what, go back. Oh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 7. You know, the very first verse really spoke to me out of the Bible that I can remember. I'm sure others did. And this is the verse I've been learning for a long, long time. Matthew 7, 1. I got saved in 7, 7. But uh, 7, 1 says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again, I'm looking for Lupo. I mentioned this before. I, I don't want to get judged from God. I don't care about none of the rest of anything that's on the planet. What I do care about is the Lord because the judgment of him is standing. It's firm. It's fixed. It'll be forever. You don't have to worry about it. It's not going to change. He says, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam uh, that is in thy own eye. Have you ever looked up the word consider in your Bible? That means stop back and think about something. Come now, let us reason together and say, Lord. You're supposed to consider, consider some things in life. You consider it. He goes, or how will thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own. Thou hypocrite. Oh, man, don't you like the way the Lord just talks about us? First cast out the beam that is in thine own eye. Get it out of your own eye first. You know how you do that? You get in this book, and you read it, and you let this thing change your life. Uh, this, this, I've been, I read this verse probably 40 years ago, 42 years ago. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do all this all the time. Uh, I still mess up. And then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the beam and the moat that is in thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto dogs. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, okay, I got a beam right here. And I can't see what's going on in somebody else's eye. He goes, you're absolutely right. He said, but you know what's going on in your heart. That's what you got to clean up. Not what's in somebody. We always look at somebody else. It is not my job to make you guys be Christians. That's your job. You know what my job is? Is to tell you that you're not. <laughs> or that you're failing miserably. Or you're doing great. But even then, it's my judgment. That's all that is. You know where you get the pleasure at? Is when the Lord puts his stamp of approval on you for what you're doing for him. Not for somebody else. The hardest thing we'll ever get to do. Ladies, he tells you to put up with your husbands. I pity some of y'all, man. Y'all should pity Beth. She has to put, look at Cassandra's back here. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I've been there, done that. She's right, man. I mean, you, you 
Some people don't realize that each, each one of us are in different parts of life. And in that part of life, he says, he says, in everything, give thanks. If you don't, what this is, the last church will not be a thankful church. The last church will not be a rejoiceful church, a rejoice, unless your Super Bowl team wins. I still haven't ever figured that one out. Two Christians, each of them got different Super Bowl teams, and one Super Bowl team wins, the other Christian must be out of the will of God. That's all I can think. But that makes people happy. But you know what really should happy? The, the, the thinking that the Lord's coming back shortly to get us out of here. Thinking that one day I'm going to be in heaven. Quench not the spirit. That means to stop him or, or enclose around him or, or, or put him out. Stop the fire from burning. Despise not prophesying. That's where I want to be. Despise not prophesying. I'll be here for just a couple minutes and I'll shut up. Uh, you know prophesying is? It's a future event. And it's not the, the blood moons. I am so sick about hearing the blood moons. I really don't care a whole lot about what goes on in tribulation. Although I know it's all going to happen in the tribulation. You know what I care about is me standing before Jesus Christ. And one of these days, that's a future event that's going to occur in my life that I need. Let me ask you a question. Just stop here real quick. Think about this thing for just about a second. How many times a day did you think about judgment of Christ? One day, that'll be everything to you for eternity. How many times today did you think about the judgment seat of Christ? And what you're doing and how it's going to affect that. He's talking about the last church. We're talking about the last church. That's what 1 Thessalonians 5 is. It's the eternity. Have you thought about eternity today? I mean, I think about it about every five or six minutes, man. The way I drive, I just, Man, I, I had this big freezer on a band trailer yesterday. I probably shouldn't say this, but that's going to freak. And I was playing with my GPS. And it came up and said, quit playing with the GPS while you're driving. I mean, who told it to say that? Some stinking woman did it, man. She programmed the thing. <laughs> and I hit the button, and something happened, and I don't know what, man. And, but the weight of that refrigerator on that trailer started wobbling all over the place, and it was probably something I did with the van. And the next thing you know, I was, I was three lanes over, and I thought, this thing is going to go everywhere. And I got it back under control and just kept driving down the road, man. I mean, that's it. It was like driving that truck with the front end shaking all over the place. But, I, I mean, it's like, Lord, any moment, I said, I could have been there just right now. Any moment. It could be my driving that makes me think a lot about eternity. But, <laughs> but when you sit there, I'm thinking about the thing. I mean, it's like I was up here helping Mike today. I'm laying on wet ground working on uh, uh 115 stuff, and then you could get all electrocuted. And, and he put something under me. And I said, well, no, this, this, would, this would cause it, cause it. Stop me right here, man. My day could be over right here. I'm sitting there thinking, I could be in heaven in just a few minutes. No, he has to put something to insulate me from the ground. Uh, you, I think about the Lord all the time. I'm not as spiritual as you may think I'm trying to. I'm not trying to present myself as a spiritual person. I'm just telling you that my mind is there. How often is your mind there? He says, despise not prophesying. You know that one of these days you're going to stand before the Lord and give account of your soul? Don't despise that. The, the church in the last day will despise hearing about hell. They'll despise hearing about people going to hell. They won't want to hear uh, sermons at, at funerals where, hey, this person. You know the best thing you could ever have at a funeral is a testimony. That makes it real easy on the preacher. I like it. I, I preached a sermon one time where a guy had, a, I, I picked his Bible. I didn't know nothing about the guy. I picked his Bible up, and right in the front of his Bible, it gave the day he got saved. You talking about an easy sermon to preach? That was easy. Because all of a sudden right there, I know the kid's saved, and I can preach the thing for him. And, and I can say the man's in heaven. And that was, you know, but I'll tell you what. We don't want that. We want all this lovey, puppy, blah, 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 garbage, puke. People still dying and going to hell. And the last church won't want to hear that. You ever listen to many old-time preachers, man? Something, how about Whitfield? Whitfield used to step in a stump and preach a mile away with no sound system. And they heard what he said. John Wesley preached about heaven and hell. You, most churches you go today, they don't want to say nothing because you offend them. It's Hades. That's why they change all the Bibles to Hades. You say, what, what are you trying to say? I said, despise not prophesying. Don't ever despise preaching. You know what y'all do is hear as much preaching as you can. You ought to have a sermon a day in your, you ought to have a, a, your, a, the best sermon of the day or the sermon of the day in your list somewhere. And you ought to listen to the sermon of the day. Uh, I mean, you ought to go back to some of these old preachers, man, that just, Carl Lackey is a great one. 
Man, that guy was just, he just, his smile was like this. Are you happy today? I'm like, you don't look like you are, man. Uh, he make you think like you're standing before God, man, when you look at him. <laughs> but the guy loved God, man. Some of them old preachers, I used to I like go listen to them old guys. Dr. Robin, Carl Lackey, all them old guys, man. They just, uh, I mean, Don Green, some of them, some, they're all different. They're all different, but they all have, have something that's a little bit different. The Lord touched them. And when you sit there and look at that, you can start picking out where God's worked in their lives. Uh, the newer Christians today, we don't have that. Why? We let it go, man. We just let it go. It's a coming event. You're coming into judgment one day. Church, that's where we're headed. Don't ever forget that. The last church will forget it. And they're going to be, a, they're trying to make everybody happy. Sorry, can't make you happy, man. One of these days, that trumpet's going to sound and we're out of here. Or I'm going to take my last breath and we're gone. And when we're gone, the only thing you got out, I, she's sitting, my mom sitting there talking about my Uncle James. My little sister died a long time ago, got, was murdered. And uh, her, her, one of her sons was murdered, and he was murdered by her son. And the guy, the kid went nuts, oh, blitz, oh, and he did what he did. But at that funeral, uh, there was three of us preachers preaching, and I was in the middle. Uh, and my Uncle James, at the end of that thing, uh, the Baptist preacher gave an a, um, altar call. Not an altar call, but he just said, if you want to get saved today, went through a good, uh, good gospel, gave the gospel out perfectly clear, gave an offering, gave an offer to anyone who wanted to get saved, and he said, if you'd like to get saved in here, raise your hand. Uncle James raised his hand. But I told my mom today, she goes, well, James is. I said, James is where he's at. I said, he's either in heaven or hell. There is no purgatory. He's in heaven or hell, one of the two. I said, there's only three people that know where you're at. I know if I'm saved. God knows if I'm saved. And Satan knows if I'm saved. That's the only three people. I can't tell if you're saved or not. You can say, well, that's, you just offended me. I didn't offend you at all. I think every day, you know what you ought to do? As important as this is, you ought to check that thing every moment you can. <coughs> that whatever gets on your back, you ought to say, Lord, am I saved? I'm going to make sure I'm saved. I did in 1985. I made sure I get saved. That wasn't the last time I ever asked. It made, I saw him think, nope, I trusted Jesus Christ. I'm on my way to heaven. Things start going bad. No, I'm on my way to heaven. This don't count. You keep your mind on, on heaven and take it off this filthy, stinking world and put your mind on heaven and all the decisions you make based on your destination, you know your life will be totally different. You know what you, I mean, oh man, what a great book. I should just stop right now. Some of y'all already look like you're ready to throw up. I don't, I don't want to get you sick tonight, really don't. Uh, oh man, I lost half of my message. I came over, you think, you know what, you know, the devil didn't want me to do this tonight. Uh, I got, I got done, I got over to the house, and I'm sitting here putting it together, and I, it took me a while to, to try to lay the thing out in my head, how I was going to say what I wanted to say. And Beth is down, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go! And the printer didn't work, and I mean, everything just falls apart at the last minute. And you say, whoa, what is that? No, I just, I got my little floppy drive, or floppy drive, it's not floppy drive, it's a, it's a, a floppy drive, you all know what floppy drives, anybody knows what floppy They used to be big old round things, the square ones, the big ones. And then you'd stick them in there. You could fold, fold them and stick them in. And that's, a, that's back in the days when computers were computers. Now, man, it's, a, anyways, I stuck my USB drive in, put it on that, jumped over here, stuck it in there, printed off a copy. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians. Despise not prophesying. Never get tired of preaching, brethren. Never get tired. That, that is your safeguard. Uh, that, that's what's going to get you through this world. This, you listen to these people out here, and I'm telling you what, I don't care what AOC does. I'm glad she got COVID. Now she's like everybody else. I don't care about Oprah Winfrey or whatever. I mean, I'm glad she had all her shots and boosters and everything else and still got COVID. I'm glad she did. You know why? Because everybody else does. That makes you just like everybody else. Man, if my God can't protect me from some little bitty thing called Omicron, there, there might be 47 other ones out there that we don't even know about yet. And I'm going to be, I might as well just get in line at the, the, the pharmacy. Just, why don't they just put an IV in my arm and just keep pumping the stuff in me? And then well, here's the problem. When they get all said and done, they're like, well, I don't think you need to. You know what the problem here is? I'll tell you what the problem is. The government makes a decision Business gets in it to make money, 
Now, once they get going down the road to make the money, they can't stop it because they got all this money invested. Somebody's got to pay them back. That's us. Every single time I watch the government come into this thing and they say, whoops, we messed up. Let's go back out. But it's already cost billions, if not trillions. Let them go. First Corinthians. You know, I just got my Bible and I got the Lord. And I think I'll just stick with that. Uh, no matter what happens, the end of this thing is pretty good for me. I enjoy it. First Corinthians 11. It says, uh, further foundation can no man lay than that is laid. You can't lay one. It's Jesus Christ. You cannot lay one, which is Jesus Christ. If you miss this, this is Apostle Paul talking. Your foundation needs to be on him and nothing else. You know, if your foundation is on him, you're going to be thinking about him from time to time all day long. I'm not going to say that you're going to every moment of your life. Life still takes time. But somewhere in that busy, busy day, is your mind ever on Christ? Is your mind on your condition? You know what preaching is? It's to get you to think that one of these days you're going to... It isn't that somebody delivers a message and they're perfect. They're, they, they're, they're capable. There's, there's a few men that can do that. All men can't do that. I'm sorry. They can't. I've heard people say things before that weren't the greatest preachers in the world, and I got the most out of what they said because of the way they said it. The Lord was in the thing. Other found, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, you hear this over and over again. Do you know one of these days this is really going to happen? This is really going to happen. One of these days I'm going to go before Jesus Christ, and he's going to put me through a fiery furnace, and whatever comes out on the other side is what I did, not what somebody else did. What I did. And anything that you've ever done on this planet, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, is going to burn right up. Poof. It's going to be gone. You know what I realize? My stuff is useless. People ask me all the time, why do you give stuff away? Because it's useless. I can't gain. You know what? I gain more by giving it away than I do anything else. If I give it away with the right heart, then I'm like, oh, hey, man, that's pretty cool. I said, I don't have to worry about it. It's gone. It's out of my mind. Move. Next thing. Maybe the Lord will see that thing, and out of the right heart, he'll say, okay, I'm not doing it to get the gold, but I tell you what, wood, hay, and stubble is going to cook and just burn up and be gone and just be ashes. That's all it's going to be. I don't really care about the gift. I don't care about having precious stones, gold, silver, precious stones. You know what I'm worried about is standing before him. You know what's wrong with us today is we forgot that. We've, we let preaching get out of here where uh, we get offended our court systems have, have allowed people to, uh, I tell you what, the divorce, a good divorce will mess everything up. When you start getting into that thing, what the court system does is they give the children permission to now disobey their parents, which the Bible itself tells you exactly what it should be. Honor your mother and father. A Bible tells the children, obey your parents and Lord for this right. Honor your mother. I'm not saying mom, all moms and dads are worthy of praise, but they are worthy of your honor you got to find some way to do it. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with you or me. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work shall be manifested. You know your work's going to be manifested. You're going to stand before God, and he's going to, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to look at you, and everything you ever did is going to be standing before him. As a matter of fact, you won't have to worry about saying a word. It's already going to be, it's probably got a book. i probably got a book that thick up here with, I mean, it's probably... I don't even want to look, think about it. But I'm going to think about it. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. Well, you're not encouraging this. I'm trying to encourage you to do something for Jesus. One of these days we're going to stand there, declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. God's going to look at that thing and look at the motive behind what we did. Brother, I did, I'm honest, I did not do this church so that I could say, hey, I got a church. I've had all kinds of preachers say, brother, and I don't understand. I still don't understand that. They'll say, oh, you, you've done a lot. I'm like, what have I done? You've done? I don't think I've done nothing. All I did was I did what the Lord stuck in front of me in a moment. He put some other people around me to help me do that thing. And together we did something. And it's here for you guys. And, and you sit there and people say, well, you've done something great. I haven't done nothing at all. If anybody's done it, the Lord Jesus Christ has done it. Not me. I, it is, I just got to be the one who got to see something and watch it and be part of it. Lord's going to try that. He says, Mike, why did you do that, church? He's, he's going to have that in front of me. Why did you go on a ship and why did you tell somebody about me and why did you do this and why did you do that? Those things are all coming up. You know what? 
He says, despise not prophesying. Brother, you better get to the place where I want to get back to good old-fashioned preaching. You know what's wrong with the last church? They don't want that no more. They're going to have a problem thankful, being thankful. They're going to have a problem with praise. I'm not, I'm not you guys. You guys are all like angels and stuff. You know, come in. And the song services are great. Now, Sunday morning's great, man. Girls get up here or the sing singers get up here after do two or three songs. And they say, well, you always want us to do two or three songs. Yeah, well, it's, once you get up here and get warmed up, the last couple are really good. The first one, you're just getting kind of warmed up. Unless you got into it. You know what a good song service will do? It'll warm them up. And you know what they'll do? They'll start warming the preacher up. But I'm telling you what, it's all about praising Jesus Christ. Verse 14 there, 1 Corinthians 3, 14 says, If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, your work is going to be checked out. You need to know that. To go into this thing blindly and think that, hey, you know, we support missions. Well, you said, you, you know, if you're going to make a vow and you break your vow, you might as well never have made the vow. But if you're going to make a vow and you break that thing, you better watch that. Because people are watching you. I told you all that before. I mean, I, I told the my missions are going to match, praise God, my, my tithe. And Brother Jerry comes up one day and says, oh, Brother Elliot, uh, ears, ears don't do that. I don't know why we got a guy like that taking care of money. <laughs> we should just get rid of him, man. I mean, he's just, he's, the, the Lord should convict me, right? Right here, the Lord should convict me. No, he got Jerry to convict me. Uh, and he sits there and tells me that. And I'm like, what? He says, the woman thou gavest me, Lord. And I went home and told Beth, and, and she, up together, it was, the, it was the same. You say, what was it? Because I told the Lord that's what I was going to do. I don't care what you do. You do whatever you want to do. But if you tell the Lord to do something, you need to do it. He will make a way you can do it. Now, don't do something stupid and say, I'm going to give $10,000 to missions. I've seen people do that, boy, and then two weeks later, they were like, what did I do? What did I do? And then they don't do it either. But your work is going to be any, he, it says right here, if any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon. That foundation, what? The foundation is Jesus Christ. If you do something that Jesus Christ is no part of at all, you don't get nothing for it. It's a waste. So that, you know what we do down here at this planet? We do all kinds of stuff that has nothing to do with eternity. It makes us look good, but that's what you got to do. You know what I realized? You know what the Navy wanted? People to look good. Up to E6, they wanted you to look spectacular. I did that. But the moment I made E7, I crossed that barrier. Of, you know, it was a bunch of wicked devils is what they were. All E7s and E8s and E9s and all, most officers I met in the United States Navy was just about as wicked as they could be. The captain pulled out at sea one time, and we were going on a six-month med cruise. He come across the 1MC, 1,000 men. He said, if anybody tells anybody's wife what we're doing on this med cruise, you will answer to me personally. Now, what do you think he meant by that? I'm like, I, first of all, I don't go out and rat everybody out. You know what I do? I just preach at them, man. I got, a, I got more opportunities to preach at people than you can shake a stick at. All you got to do is be willing to open your mouth. He shall receive a reward. You'll get something. Like those people back here with Moses. Oh, we see the fire. We see the, I see all that. We see the smoke on the mountain. I see all that. We see the thunder and the lightning. I see that too. You know what? I want to be like Joshua. I want to be able to go right up to that, man. I said, okay, then get out of me whatever I have to get out of me so I can approach that. Not run from it. Brethren, I don't want any one of y'all in between me and Jesus Christ. I want to do whatever I have to do to be able to get there. And you know what that is? That's a Bible. It isn't thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. That isn't what it is. You're not missing it if you think that's what it is. You know what those people that stood back and said, Moses, you tell us what they wanted him to tell. What, this is what we can do to do the bare minimum to get through so we can, can feel like we, no, we shouldn't feel like nothing. You know, if you get next to Jesus Christ, you'll know exactly how to feel. Terrible. <laughs> Rotten. Wicked. If you read Daniel, Daniel's good. Joseph is pretty good too. I like Joseph. A lot of these guys, man, they'll start praying and, and they'll start praying. Jeremiah's good. Ezekiel's good. You start reading all these guys and you start getting into some of their prayers. And I've realized that the closer you get to God, the more isolated you're going to become in this world. Because nobody's going to want to be around you. If you, if you do, if you forget the book, if you, if you try to be like Jesus Christ, uh, more and more people are going to uh, pull away from you. 
But you don't have to worry about that. You know why? If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, whatever you do is going to be tried. But if that's in your mind all the time, I need to serve Jesus. I need to serve Jesus. Am I doing what Jesus told me to do? Am I doing what Jesus? Not what other people. Am I doing what Jesus? Am I doing it? I don't like clicks. I never have liked clicks. I don't like groups. Groups are just, I don't like, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Because what happens is you start molding your, your ways to that group. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm not part of any group. Don't want to be. I'm part of the Lord. That's what I want to be is part of what Jesus wants. I want what the Lord Jesus Christ wants, and I, I, that's what I want in my life. I don't want nothing else. If any man works abide, but then verse 15 says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. You're not going to go to hell. You just won't have anything. And if that doesn't bother you, you got a problem. Now, brother, I can't tell you what I'm going to get in heaven. I don't, actually, and the Lord knows my heart, he can have everything and give it to you. I don't care. I just want to go see him. That's my heart's desire. My heart's desire is to see Jesus Christ. That's my heart's desire. But, I, but what I'm reading here, that he's going to run it, there's going to be a place in heaven that's going to, going to try what we've done, and it's going to burn up, and there's going to be some shame that goes along with that, and, and that's going to be an eternal thing, and I don't know how long it's going to take for that thing to, to fade out or whatever, but, but it doesn't have to be there. I don't want to be part of the Laodicean church where Jesus Christ is knocking on the door on the outside to get in. I want, if that's the case, I want to be out there with him. That's, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be in the church if that's the way it is. I want to be with him. That's all I've ever wanted to be. That's all I want. I don't want nothing else. You can keep it all. I say, Mike, what's wrong with you? Beth gave me some tea tonight, two classes. <laughs> we'll blame her for something. He shall suffer loss, but he, he himself shall be saved. He's talking to the last church here. Brother, there's a danger in this last church age. That we worry about everything that's happening on this planet. You can't live your life by some disease. And you can't live your life by whether it's going to be global warming. Oh, man. I get more between Beth and my wife. My wife and my mom. I get all the news I want to hear. They're the same. I married somebody just like my mom. <laughs> my wife always tells me, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. <laughs> she always says I deserve what I get. And she's right. But it's, it's snowing down south. Uh, I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina, I guess, up Tennessee, it's just snowing. All the snow's going down there. Or it's going up north, and, and it's kind of missing us. And I'm like, that's global warming, isn't it? I mean, global warming, you, the polar caps are supposed to melt. But the, we're, the closer we're getting to the equator, it's starting to snow, man. I, I don't understand. I, unless everything's flipping and the, the polar caps are going to flip to the center of the planet, I have no idea what's going on. I, you know, the Lord's got control of that thing. You know what I got to worry about is standing before him one day and giving an account of this little 65, 70, 80 year life that I have and say, okay, Lord, you know what a blessing is? I like the, in the New Testament where the, the guy's got a vineyard and he, he's trying to get people. You know what he's trying to do here? He's trying to get people to go into his vineyard and work. That's all he's trying to do. And some people get in real early and that's good. And some people come in the second hour of the day and the third hour. The eighth and ninth hour, other people are still coming in. That's good, too. And then the twelfth hour, somebody comes in. And when he gets done, he gives everybody a penny. The unthankful people at the very beginning, and me and the Lord, I'm going to have to ask him this. I, I, he only had a three-year ministry. And he's asked me to do this for 42 years so far. And I, I'm like, you're the Lord, and you know that if you did a three-and-a-half-year ministry, that pretty much at the end of three-and-a-half years, we're just flat shot and wore out. Why don't you just let us tag out like after three and a half years and let somebody else do it? But that ain't the case. He lets us do it for 40, 50, some of these preachers 60, 70 years. And somewhere in that thing, you just got to keep the smile on your face and you just got to keep going. And you got to say, I don't care no more. I, it's, this isn't a, a, a job or a, a thing to make friends. And it has nothing to do with friendship here. It has to do with friendship with Jesus Christ. You know, if everybody had friendship with Jesus Christ, it would all be the same. But we're going to suffer loss. Somebody's going to suffer loss. I don't want to see nobody suffer loss. He says, verse 16, know ye not? Now this is despised not prophesying. He's warning you. You're the temple. Ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The day I got saved, something came in me and brought something back to life that had been dead since the day I was born. And now the two of them are working together on my soul and, and sealed that thing to the day of redemption. 
and it's, it's separated my body from my soul and my spirit. And now all of a sudden there's two of me sitting here and it's trying to get me to say, Mike, your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. He said, don't you remember? You're, you're not yours. You never were yours. That's why when I sit there and say, hey, if the rapture would happen right now, I'd be selfish to say yes to it right now. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't. He went all the way to the cross. He wasn't selfish. He, did, he gave his life. You say, well, he was God. He was still a man, and he gave his life. I think that's great, man. He goes, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. I, I don't know. Man, I tell you what. I think only one time in my life so far, 42 years, I've seen that happen. Had a young man on the ship get saved, Lutheran. And I know he got saved, Leffler. Petty officer Leffler. And I got out of the Navy, and, and he was coming to church, and all of a sudden he quit coming to church. And uh, I, was, I had to go down the pier front one day to do some work on a ship. And I was walking down the, the north side of the pier, and he was on the south side of the pier. And he got as far away from me as he could. And when he seen me coming, he goes, I should have never done that. 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 I said, I said Brother Leffler, done, done what? He goes, I should have never got saved. He said, I never, my mom rejected me. My dad rejected me. My whole family. I should have never done that. Two weeks later, that boy was dead. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, I've seen a lot of strange things in my life, but that's the first time I've ever seen that one. If any man defile the temple of God, him, him, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Brother, you know we're holy. Whether we act it or not, we are. The, the thing is, is you can still get it, man. I mean, we still, we still work some of that stuff out of our lives. And, and we're not supposed to judge each other. You know what I need to do? I need to get the moat. I need to get the beam out of my eye. So I can help you get the moat out of yours, not tell you how to get it out. It's not my job to make your life what it should be. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. But you can come up and say, hey, Mike, can you help me get the moat out of this? I can help you drain the pond. Drain the swamp, as, as a man once said. Paul goes on back in, in uh, let's go back to, I'll stop right here. Man, I could go on, you could go on. This whole passage is good. <laughs> I like it, man, I really do. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just at a point in life where I'm waiting for the Lord to do something. I want to I be in heaven. When I get to heaven, you know what I want to do? I want to run. I want to start running the moment I get there. I don't want to try to make up for lost time. I want to, I want to hit the ground running. They always say in the military, hit the ground running. Uh, every command I've ever left when I was in the Navy, and I know you're probably sick of my Navy stories, but I like them because they're mine. Every command when I left one, the next command I hit the ground running. I didn't have to backtrack on anything. I hit the ground running. Uh, when I went to left the satellite station and went to the Scott, when I got on the Scott, Franklin was sitting there reading my records, and he said, hey, Mike, I already got a problem for you. Let's go. Let's run right now. They never let me stop running. Run, 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 run. You know when I get to heaven, what I want to do? I want to get into heaven. I want to start running. I know there's something there for us to do. <laughs> there's got to be something great. He wouldn't have built a universe. I heard, I heard some moron say that he, uh, uh, if we think that the earth is the only place where men are and women are, that God created life, then we're, we're basically buffoons. We're morons. We're not. What you do, you leave God out of it. I don't want to leave God out of it. I want to get to heaven, and I want to do something for him. Did y'all lose something? No contact. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I said, well, you see a whole row start moving. I'm like, maybe I've been too long. Uh, probably have. If any man defile the temple of God... That's this. You say, well, hey, maybe I have. You know what you do? You just get the thing right. Uh, it's too late when you're dead. Uh, you can always do it while you're alive. I watched my dad turn his life around, and he didn't get exactly where I would have liked to seen him get, but who am I anyways? Uh, he, he, I think he got right where Jesus Christ wanted him to get. And uh, I knew that when I started telling people, but I got another brother that's just bitter as he could be in his soul, and what he's done is he forgot. He... he he looks at what he doesn't have instead of what he has. And if you lose everything, you still have something. You still have a breath. You still have sight. You still have hands and feet. You still have a voice. You can still talk. Whatever you still have left, you're still happy. You still have, I sit here uh, today, and 
uh, we gave a car, a car was given to the church and we gave it to somebody else who needed a car. And all of a sudden, tomorrow, we're going to get the car back. I had another guy call me and say, hey, I need a car. Uh, can you help me find one? And I hang up the phone and Beth goes, hey, well, we're going to get that one back tomorrow. So if you don't mind, I'm going to give it to uh, Brother Mike. Uh, and, and I'm sitting there saying, hey, I called him back up and said, hey, brother. He goes, Mike, I'm 69 years old. This is what he told me on the phone. He goes, I'm 69 years old. Well, that's, I'm only 65, so we're not that old. Uh, but he said, I'm 69 years old. Don't want to go out and get another car loan. Don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. So I'm fine. Uh, so I hang up the phone. I said, I'll try to find you one cheap. And then all of a sudden, Bess goes, how about this one? I called him back. He said, hey, brother, I got this car. I said, I'll talk to Mike Soft. It don't matter. You can have it. And he's, he's all perked up. Yeah, I'll take it, man. He don't care. You know, he don't care about driving around in a Cutlass. Uh, what is a Cutlass Supreme or whatever it is? It's whatever it is. It's a 1998. Runs good. The horn don't work anymore. Got a button on the dash. That makes me feel like I was back at home and a kid, man. That's like the car. We, I used to have a car where, where the passenger, when it rained, I had a rope tied around the front onto both windshield wipers, and they had to bring them back and forth like this. So inside, they'd do this. You know, I didn't care. I didn't care about that stuff. Why? Well, now, you know, oh, but people are going to be looking at me. Who cares? Put a bunch of Jesus stickers on your car. Maybe when they look at you, they'll get saved. I don't know what it is. Brother, you know what he says over here? He says, pray without, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Get, learn how to give thanks no matter what. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Preaching is the best stuff that you can ever hear. Uh, Brother Tom uh, mentioned something in his uh, message on uh, New Year's Eve, and it was about a preacher. And I went home and started looking up, and I came back and asked him. He brought me this little uh, floppy, or uh, floppy drive. <laughs> Uh, 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 you think I would know all this stuff, uh, USB drive full of messages from this guy. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to just start listening to him. You say, why? Because that's what I want to do. I want to get more of that. I don't want to ever get to the point where I do not have that in my life. The, the prophesying is going to come from preachers that are God's men that are preaching the word of God. And if we get away from that, what we're doing is we're letting this thing this world, you're going to let something else come in. And then all of a sudden we're going to get worried about this and worried about that and worried about this and worried about that. Uh, I, like, I like England. You know what England just did? England just dropped all everything, man. They said, I think masks, everything's gone. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it anymore. <laughs> you're either going to get it or you're not. And you're going to go, to go to work, get to work, do this, just start getting back to life because this is here to stay and you're not going to get rid of it. Quit worrying about it. Why did you make us worry about it? You don't want to, I never worried about it. Because I, I just picked up a book, and I said, well, Lord, if I die, I die. And if I don't, I don't. And that's in your hand, and what I'm going to do is get up today and get some firewood and start a fire in the fireplace and try to stay warm today. And if I can get through the winter, I can't believe we're already in the middle of January. Christmas is right down the road. Y'all do know that. Christmas, man. We're going to have a revival. Brother Peacock, we had to move that back to March, so plan that in your lives. Uh, we're going to try to get Brother Reagan in here sometime in, in May to take – Brother uh, Peacock's spot that we, we uh, alleviated there, uh, Sarah calls all that uh, because she has to get married again. And so when she wants to do that, so now we're trying to line everything up here. So now we're going to do this. You know what you ought to do? You say, say well, I, I don't know. You ought to make time in March to come to the revival. Amen. And if we can get uh, Brother Reagan in here, you ought to make time to come to that. And if you can't make time to go to everything, go find someplace else you can go get preached at. You need to get preaching. Despise not prophesying. The church in the last day will be worried about more of their stupid phones and texting and everything. You know, if you didn't have that phone, you wouldn't know half the stuff you know anyways. You wouldn't even care. If most of us did not, we wouldn't even know Omicron was there. We just think we got the flu. But no, they're telling us, oh, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. And that's where, we, that's where the source of the data we have is. I don't want that anymore. I just want Jesus. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for Brother Wheeler. Lord, that was a good statement he made in there, Lord. They lost everything. And so many times, Lord, we get used to just having things that uh, are sitting here and we don't realize what it took to get them. Uh, Lord, I look at some of these older churches and, and they grew to the place probably they shouldn't have ever grown that large. Should have split up into a lot of different smaller churches and Lord just had a bunch of churches all over the place. Uh, Lord, but uh, some of these, these churches are just millions and hundreds of millions of dollars went into them to build them. And, Lord, now they're just vacant and, and uh, they're just falling apart. Uh, but, Lord, here we have a little church. I want to always be thankful for it. we got a sign out there, Lord, that 
is sitting out there constantly putting the word of God out. Got people who can do that. Got people to take care of the sound systems, everything else. But Lord, let us never uh, take for granted what you've given us. Lord, uh, help us to learn uh, that, that our prayers, we need to have a prayer life with you. Lord, we need to rejoice evermore. We need to be thankful. And we need, don't need to despise prophesying. Lord, thank you for just letting us come to church, uh, just hearing the word of God, Father, and, uh, and other men coming in and preaching at us. Lord, thank you for the men in this church, Lord, that can stand up here on a Sunday night and preach and still uh, get the word of God out from different sources. What a blessing that is. Uh, Father, again, thank you. Uh, I do pray for our, our people as they're going up to Michigan this week. This weekend, Lord, that you just uh, be with Brother Evans this weekend, Lord, as he's up there. And, and uh, Brother Joe's going to be doing some preaching for him. So, Lord, I pray for that. Brother Wheeler's sick right now. I pray for him. Uh, but, Lord, again, just thank you for letting us come to church tonight. And, Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.